Ooh, that intro. I like it. You find that song yourself? You do it yourself? Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> How y'all doing? It's a Halloween. One of the most, one of my most recently favorite, uh, what was the holiday? Yeah. Festival events. No, you it's, a, it's it. a holiday. Holiday. I don't think don't it's a festival. <laughs> time and a half, double pay, holiday pay for it. How you doing? I'm good. Any plans tonight? Make or going fancy today with the with the colors. Oh yeah, guys! I hope you guys like our little Halloween setup. Uh, Trying apparently it was new. in the budget. <laughs> it was in the budget <laughs> to create a, a backdrop like that. So, you got any plans tonight, Alex? Uh, no, not really. Just gonna hang out with the boys. Isn't that kind of weird? What? We're speaking into the future. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna listen so... to us back and be like, that man has no life. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm right there with you. I think I think I worked that that day, so I'll be coming off and just loving life to the fullest. You you can call in. Uh, <laughs> shh. Don't say that. Try to get me in trouble. Oh, he's gonna oh <laughs> gonna get sick. <laughs> Alright, let's go to the announcement before you get in trouble. <laughs> yes, sir. Please right. take us away. So we wanna thank the new uh new countries. I've been visiting the new site we have up at motelam.com. We have the UK, the Netherlands, Germany, France, India, and Greece. So thank you, boys. And obviously the US. Come on. Mm-hmm. And also, thank you, everyone, for the 200 listens we just got recently. It's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? Man. <laughs> That's, That's wild. wild. <laughs> <laughs> and just... uh. For anybody who gets that and who wants to be part of it, <laughs> in the very first episode, I was talking about a story, and Alex replies, <laughs> "Man, that's wild." It was like, like it was the most like <laughs> softest reply un- I could. It was like completely the- uninterested to what I just said, and so now like we, it's just one of our catchphrases now. Why you put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that I say wild even more now than I did previously before that, so that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> as well make sure to follow us on instagram twitter youtube anchor spotify where else we at anything uh facebook now oh yeah facebook um i don't think i have it completely published but i will make sure it's open so everybody can find it you can add either one of us and we can direct you to that link or just find it we'll, we'll make a way for everybody to make it like really easy for everybody to locate it shall we get started let's do it Let's do it. Yes. So, in the spirit of Halloween, we are doing a Halloween episode, and what better way to start it off than to actually figure out the meaning, or not the meaning, but like how Halloween became? Does anybody know? Do you know? No, but no. I know you did your research on it, so I'm gonna find out. I did a out. lot of research. It's, <laughs> it's it's a long one. Everybody get your get your popcorn. Who knows? Maybe sit in your costume. Where get is, your loved one. Where is my them. costume? You have it on. <laughs> it's an Amazon Peak shirt. <laughs> Is that? I thought it was a, a minion. This was actually bought like on Etsy. Oh. So since uh, so Peak is like when we have that big rush at the end of the year. But mm-hmm. since everyone was buying from Amazon, so we like got a little hazmat dude. <laughs> so we we're all gonna that's be nice. in hazmat suits. <laughs> Man, that's wild. <laughs> all right. I'm so according to his, <laughs> according to history.com. It originated with uh, Celtic festivals uh, of now it's spelled Samhain, but it's pronounced 
so in. When people would light bonfires and wear costumes to ward off the ghost. Pope Gregory III of the 8th century designated November 1st as a time to honor all saints. Soon, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Sowin. The evening before was known as Hollow's Eve, and later would be known as Halloween. Mm. But 2,000 years ago, Celts uh, celebrated their New Year on November 1st, marked the end of a summer and the beginning of winter, and this was also the time when majority of human deaths occurred. Now, they believe that on the night before New Year, the boundary between the living and the dead become blurred. And on October 31st, they celebrated Sowin, when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead would return to Earth, already previously stated. But in 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered majority of the Celtic territory, and in the course of 400 years, they had ruled the Celtic lands. Two festivals of Roman origin were combined with traditional Celtic celebrations of Sowin. Now, <clears throat> to go ahead and talk about a little bit more about the Romans, the first was for Feralia, a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second year was to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Ponoma is the apple, and the incorporation of it, this celebration into Sowin probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples mm -hmm. that is practiced today in Halloween. It's kind of interesting. I, I never huh. really, like, uh, you know, when you think of bobbing for apples, like, that's such a weird, tra like, tradition or, like, you know, little... <laughs> little game that people play i'm not gonna lie that's a very white thing <laughs> <laughs> dude you will never yeah. see us oh let me go find an apple <laughs> you know what uh bobbing for apples is when you're a kid you don't think much of it but now as an adult like you look in the water it's like oh like someone's like spits like i get covid in there <laughs> oh i definitely i'm pretty sure bobbing for apples is illegal Band. now Band. Band. <laughs> banned in the u.s American colonists began to dress up in costumes and going to house to house, but they wouldn't ask for food. Did you know this? Or they wouldn't ask for candy. Do you know what they asked for? Mm -mm. They'd ask for food or money. This would become known as Halloween. And uh, Trick or Treat actually lost its popularity in the 1800s, but in 1920s and 1950s, it was revived. Can I? Interesting. Can I just like go back to the colonists? Can you imagine someone be like, hey, man. You I just, I just knocked on your door. You had any money or food? Just on this uh, one sacred day? Yeah, and a really crazy uh, fact or stat is Americans spend an estimated of $6 billion annually on Halloween, making it the second largest commercial day holiday after Christmas. And this all became from, like, Celtic traditions. So, like, that's, that's pretty insane. I actually never knew this, and when I was looking it up, I was like, wow, like, this is really intriguing. So I'm glad that we had this opportunity to cover this. You know what's really wild? Hmm. <laughs> it's only second to Christmas, and think about how much money people spend on Christmas. Not only that, but like Thanksgiving and yes, I don't Black too. Friday. Like, I don't think oh, Black Friday is actually a holiday. It's just it's an not. excuse to make money. A real quick question to our foreign country listeners, or you know, out of state: Is Black Friday a worldwide thing? Or is it just American? I think it's an American thing, honestly. Really? I don't know if you saw, but a lot of stores are going to be closed. Major companies like Walmart, Target, Mervins, Macy's, if there's even Mervins anymore. <laughs> a lot of big a lot of big time companies are going to be actually shutting down the day of uh, Black Friday. So we might not even get a Black Friday. That's what I was thinking. But, you know, you could easily solve that by doing deals online. I mean, Amazon does it all the time. 
That's actually how we started. <laughs> yeah. If if you don't remember, we were actually on the call with my brother about starting a podcast, and Alex finds mics during Amazon. What was it called? Uh, Prime. Prime Day. The Prime Day. Yeah. And honestly, I was like, eh, we could get it. And we're not going to do it. But then, like, we started talking about. It, we're like, dude, let's just let's just go for it. And soon after, you know, we got these awesome mics. I mean, I just told Mike, I was like, dude, if we do it, like, we have no excuse not to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's what do we have we to lose time. at that point? Everything. Self-respect. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Respect from our friends. <laughs> uh, Respect from Sid. <laughs> leave Sid alone. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that $6 billion, though, because yeah, what's up? I feel like you contribute a lot to just candy every year. <laughs> Me? Uh, really? I'm, I'm I'm sure they're talking about like costumes and decorations, not candy. Man, have you seen how much candy goes for? You and know, if and, you, and even if it's cheap, people will be like, "Oh, that's cheap," and buy too much. Have you ever gone much. to Walgreens? They have two for three out there. Okay. And you're saying you don't contribute to the candy? Ooh. You know what? Let's move on. We have a fan <laughs> request. We've had multiple fan requests to talk about this. Uh, I believe episode three, maybe possibly. We talked a little bit about haunted movie sets, and we want to go ahead and kind of give you guys a little bit more. Alex, you want to take the first one? Yeah. So The Exorcist, very popular movie, scary movie. I haven't watched it. Don't want to watch it. Don't want to <laughs> die. But Mike did some uh, digging, and he came up with some facts. So The Exorcist star Ellen uh, Bernstein detailed a terrifying incident in which a fire burned the majority of the 1973 horror film sets to the ground. Despite it burning the interiors depicting the McNeil's family home, it somehow left the bedroom of the possessed Reagan, which I guess was portrayed by Linda Blair. It was inexplicably untouched. So everything mm-hmm. else burned but that one room where someone was possessed. Yeah. Like, even though it's not like completely like identical... Like the set, uh, of that room holds like so much like kind of significance. Yeah, like it's, it, it's just great. It's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild <laughs> to think that because I mean it's just a room that they just recreated, but then it's the one room that didn't get burned down. Yeah, coincidence? I think not. I think not. Where's that from? <laughs> uh, I don't want to say. Don't say it. Don't say it. Let's move let's, on let's, before we get fact checked again. Exactly. <laughs> So, Rosemary Baby in 1968. Rosemary's Baby, produced by William Castle, was convinced Roman Polinski's 1968 chiller was cursed. After its release, he was hospitalized with kidney stones, and after experiencing hallucinations during his near-death experience, claimed to have seen the film's lead character approaching him with a knife. The following year, Polinski's wife, Sharon Tate, was killed in the Manson, Manson family murders. Now, I don't know much about Rosemary's Baby, I know, I believe it was quite popular, and I don't know how it would act if somebody was, you know, chasing me with a knife in my, in a dream or hallucination. I freak out just thinking I'm falling from my bed, so imagine if I'd be chasing with a knife. <laughs> what about getting shot? Alright. Mm. 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 Little, I w- uh, wouldn't even react to foreshadowing? it. Little foreshadowing of a story later? Huh? Oh. I thought you were going to shoot me. <laughs> no, no. No, I... There's other ways I could... I could do... Um, what? 
We're going to move on <laughs> to the 1976 The Omen. The Omen was plagued by a lot of terrible incidents. Lead actor Gregory Peck and writer David Setzler, Seltzer, geez, why can't I not say that, were on planes that were struck by lightning. <laughs> the stepman standing in for Peck during the famous rabid dog scene was actually attacked by the Rottweilers that bit through the protective gear he was wearing. What the fuck? What? I can't even imagine. <laughs> Can you imagine like something that hard biting through? I imagine it's like the ones that like they use for like police training. Yeah, and, those and I'm pretty thick. sure they're like, yeah, like they're 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 like they're meant to protect people from you know an actual dog bite, and so that happens kind of scary. A zookeeper on the set to tame baboons was mauled to death by a lion the day after completing their work. That's like, oh, most... I got these monkeys ready. Let me die to a lion. <laughs> most tragically, though, after filming was complete, special effects director John Richardson and his assistant Liz Moore were involved in a serious car accident. Now, brace yourselves, all right? Get a bag. I don't know. Just brace yourselves. Moore was decapitated in an incident that echoed one of the Omen's most disturbing scenes. Someone actually died? And they put it on on the movie. No, no, no. It was it was like how I guess one of the the scenes was was uh, filmed. Uh huh. Like if a character in the movie gets killed one way, and that person pretty much got oh, killed okay. almost the same way. Yeah, it says more was the. Ah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so movies, man, movies about evil evil things. I don't don't think I want to take part of them. Yeah, after after we've like talked about all this stuff that have happened on horror sets or like scary movie sets, mm-hmm. yeah, I can think I can answer that question if I'd ever take part in. That's a hard no for me. <laughs> did you ever want to be an actor as a kid? Hell no. No. I wanted to be I an did. astronaut. I, I not as a kid, but like in high school, I was like you know what, I could be like a comedian. But then I was like, I'm not funny at all. Like <laughs> my life's pretty sad. <laughs> Did All you, right, did, you uh, did you take uh, drama in high school? Mm-mm. No. No, I didn't have that privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Why the laugh? <laughs> You'll never find out. <laughs> since Maybe we're, one day. Uh, since we're in the Halloween spirit, Mike. Yes. I want to talk to you about some stories, some spooky yeah. stories. Yeah, stories. What kind? What, what's uh, what's first on our list that we'd like to share with the listeners? Well, I don't know if uh, anyone's familiar with La Llorona or The Weeping Woman. But uh, I have a little story that we can uh, listen to right here. La Llorona. A mother who killed her children to try and get revenge on her husband. She couldn't get into heaven or even hell because of her sins. Instead, she was condemned to walk around the streets to try and find her children. While lamenting herself and saying... Those who have seen her have commented on saying she has long hair, a white dress, and drags her white dress while floating as the wind blows her dress. The story goes like this. An indigenous woman met a handsome Spanish man who she fell in love with. They got married and had three children. The man would take trips for work and leave the woman to take care of their children. After so many trips, the man would forget about his children and wife. He ended up marrying a Spanish woman came from wealth. The woman, realizing the man had abandoned them, decided to kill her children and get revenge on the man. After drowning her children, she came to realize what she had done. 
she let out a shrill, loud cry for help and committed suicide. A few days later, a local farmer found her in the lake and not knowing who she was, he gave her a Christian burial. But after a few days, her spirit couldn't reach the afterlife. So now she has condemned to walk for eternity to find her children. Mike, did you ever uh, did you ever hear that story when you were growing so, up? I mean, like with the neighborhood kids, I did hear it, but it was never something I like took seriously. And honestly, I think one of like the neighborhood neighborhood kids uh, when I was little like got his mom to get it on on it, mm-hmm. and you know she made like a cry during Halloween, and, oh. and I was like. That like, I was terrified because <laughs> he had just like literally like I don't know if it was perfect like you know timed out or anything or planned out I'm sorry but like the timing was just so perfect and I remember that as a kid uh, I was my neighborhood friends they were like kind of like bullies like they weren't really friends like they were there but like they weren't really there they were always like trying to like make you like cry or something like pranksters? I was like the youngest yeah pranksters they were just pranksters they weren't bullies but I didn't know that she had um the husband that left her for like another woman yeah well it's as any of them like uh these urban legends i should say they change from wherever you're from as anything mm-hmm. do from every region but it's really popular in like latin america so and not only that but i mean we were watching videos today where some of them they feel like they're real but like part of us is like oh it's it's, it's not real <laughs> well, but I mean, we hear t- we hear like tales about yeah 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 all this happening over there. Uh, the ones I was uh, we were looking at were from like Mexico, and I've heard there's like it depends on what time of the day, and like people will get really scared. So yeah. it sounds like it just like just cries out of nowhere. Yeah, just look up any videos, and you'll understand what we're talking about. Because, like we said, like you know, we feel like they're not real, but then the way that everybody talks about them, it, it just like strengthens the the folklore, I guess. It does sound like it's in a distance away, like you know, I'm, I mean. Your Spanish isn't that well, but you could tell, like, people were spooked. Mm-hmm. They're like... Could, the tone in their voice. And, yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I don't want to ever <laughs> have to hear that. And if I did hear that, I would I'd probably run the other way. <laughs> and speaking of region, uh, California has multiple urban legends of mm. their own. Let's go ahead and talk about the Charman. Charman. The Charman. This is an urban legend surrounding the state of California. A father and son were both caught in a house fire and horribly burnt in 1948. After the fire, the son became so mentally unstable that he killed his father. When the police found the son, he was so unrecognizably burnt, they didn't realize he was still alive. So he ran away before they were able to arrest him for murdering his father. Ever since then, the Charman is still spotted wandering the woods surrounding OJ, occasionally approaching tents of innocent campers, or pretending to be a hitchhiker, and then attempting to attack them. How was that for you, huh? <laughs> a little I, bit short of a shorter story. I can't. I can't believe that's something that happens in California. I what, mean, the, the char man. Oh, I thought you were like a son killing the father. I'm like, it's kind of. It you know, happens everywhere. Murder, <laughs> yeah, murdering, especially in our area, happens quite frequently. I don't know if you notice this, but you know, a lot of like social media has been uh, reporting a lot in our area about what's going on recently, and it just feels like things are getting worse. You know, mm-hmm. there's more negatives and good, good in the news, and you know, I kind of like that. But we are in the spirit of Halloween, you know. No, but it's good to hear these urban legends. Just yeah. Who knows? Maybe you got something to tell on your next uh, campfire or camping trip. Hopefully, these aren't real, man. 
<laughs> I don't, I don't want to go down south if this is real. Because this takes place uh, in Ventura County, I think, down south. The the Charmin? Yeah, like down by like LA. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Definitely don't want to go in that area. <laughs> <laughs> you want to move on to the next story? Yeah, we have another story. A little short story. Very short. Now, this is a... This... It's hits close to home. Yeah, kinda, yeah, huh? that's what I was in gonna a, say. In yeah. a sense, yeah. Let's uh, let's see, let's hear what you have to say. Let's hear what you have to think about it. Every parent's worst nightmare on Halloween is their child getting a spiked candy. This idea got put into place from the death of Timothy O'Brien in 1974. This eight-year-old from Deer Park, Texas, died on Halloween after ingesting poison candy. Making the crime more horrific is the fact that the perpetrator was not a neighbor but the boy's father who sought to cash out on his son's life insurance. All right, so the crazy part about that story, Sid has kids. Can you imagine if something like that happens to his kids? Well, not just, you know, him, but, like, everybody. Someone, I mean, I mean just mean someone that's really close to us. Yeah, it kind of, like, mind-blowing. It could be brother, sister, neighbor's Anyone? kids. And, uh, you know, I think this is uh, probably, like, the most realistic scary story because like like i said it could happen to anybody anytime and i remember like in 2000s like early 2000s when <laughs> and i think i mentioned this before but when we would have to wait for mom and dad <laughs> to check the candies because you know somebody had a razor or in this instance poison yeah but, but it's a sad sad that you know the dad was that sinister to do that do you do you think like it actually worked um, or they'd be like, "Hmm, you're like one of the main uh, suspects," or they'd be like, "Well, wonder where you got this candy from." No, type quickly, of thing. is this is this a real story or is it a, like a creepy pasta story? Uh, I can say that because I don't know. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's hypothetically say that this was a real story. Uh-huh. I think this, for one, it'd be all over the news, and two, the dad would for sure be suspect number one now really? yeah i mean you with wouldn't, every other case you wouldn't think like it it was one of the let's say he went out to his usual route and i don't know someone <clears throat> well, just spiked probably... one that's true it could just be one candy but i mean i think someone who's that sinister might not just do like one person they might true. do like a bunch of kids and I think it would have to fall, like, on, like, the pattern of who got, like, let's say if it was more than one, it would be, have to be a pattern, but if it's just one kid, I feel like it's a very clear motive, but I know, I, who knows what, what we know, you know, we're not crime investigators, but if you are, let us know. The, <laughs> the one thing I do, I do, uh, I do think, like, life insurance as well as, like, uh, what is it, like, probably, like, business insurance, they're really, like, adamant, like, finding out what actually happened. So probably I feel like they they'd get down to it. Yeah, they don't want to give up that money. Yeah. <laughs> no. As mean as that sounds, like it is the truth. Like that's their, that's their business. Yeah, and you know, business, money, all that good stuff. You wanna you wanna lead us into the next one? Yeah, this is a this oh. is a little Spanish one, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. Give this one to me. <laughs> you, you okay? I'll try it. Are you sure? I got. Gonna, I can do gonna, it. No, 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 no. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say the title, and you could say it after. And we'll see who has the better, the better Spanish. <laughs> oh man, 
I love getting roasted. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, here we go. La Isla de la las Muñecas. Very close. How was that? Very close. Very close. All right, let's hear it. La Give Isla de las Muñecas. Ooh. Give Can you say that one more time? Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. La Isla de las Muñecas. Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. This is no. this is this is the island of the dolls. <clears throat> so if anybody's ever heard about this one, I know it's been on BuzzFeed for sure. Cause that's actually where I found this. If you haven't seen that video, definitely go take it out. It's super interesting. But we'll let the story tell its story. La Isla de las Muñecas, the island of the dolls. Just south of Mexico City, you will find a small island with a sad background, which will never be intended for a tourist destination. The island is known as La Isla de las Muñecas, or the Island of the Dolls. The island is dedicated to the poor soul of a poor girl who lost her fate too soon in the strangest circumstances. The area is home to hundreds of terrifying dolls. Their severed limbs, decapitated heads, and blank eyes adorn trees. It is said that a girl was found drowned in mysterious circumstances many years ago on this island, and the dolls were possessed by her spirit. Local legend says that the dolls move their heads and arms and even at times open their eyes. Some witnesses claim that they have heard the dolls whispering to each other, while others who were on a boat claim the dolls lure them to come back to the island. La Isla de las Muñecas. Muñecas. <laughs> Muñecas. Muñecas. Yeah. I don't know why. Man, uh... Kind of weird, First huh? of all, it's extremely... You know, I don't want to say weird or creepy because it's just different. That's mm. that's all it really is. And, and the way we view things, we call it weird. And, you know, I don't want to, like, offend anybody and they said a curse on me or something. <laughs> but, but, you know, Island of Dolls with heads and limbs everywhere is might be one of the top, like, creepiest things I would ever visit and no i don't want to visit so when you go to mexico don't include me in, in that that touristy area this is gonna be an itinerary when we go <laughs> itinerary. hey as long as you get me some uh carnitas tacos after man mm. authentic we living out there. <laughs> the... what do you think like i mean clearly you know it was because of the the girl that drowned there but do you think there is like spiritual possession of dolls um I mean, I wouldn't put it past it, but I I do think it's a nice, like, uh, homage to the girl. Like, mm -hmm. imagine, like, a whole island dedicated to this poor girl. But Good. I'd be very creeped out if I ever got to this. I mean, I don't want to veer off too off of this story, but, you know, like that, the Annabelle doll that would, like, move around by itself. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it's, like, on that same track. But these are, like, hanging, and I guess they... You know, they cut off their limbs and, you know, still yeah. see them moving. It would be kind of, like, creepy. Yeah. Have you watched the BuzzFeed video? Of this? No. Yeah. Um, so not only are there weird, no, sorry, different <laughs> dolls around the island, but this island is, like, infested with, like, spiders as well. Oh. And there's cobwebs hanging everywhere. So not only do you have to deal with the scary spirits and the scary dolls and limbs and arms but there are huge spiders out there are you scared of spiders uh i'm not the biggest fan no neither am i neither am i i honestly hate i hate spiders the... not as much as i hate cockroaches 
I did. I did want to say that I feel like it's interesting how they say all these dolls are, uh, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say possessed, but taken over. The there you go. By the Under one, the by the one girl, and there's like thousands of these around. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could uh, put a picture up on the Instagram and show everybody. Yeah. Get on the Halloween spirit. Heck yeah. <laughs> Um, so the next story that we want to talk about, and let's go ahead and kind of talk about the, the more nerdier side of uh, Halloween. Or now, us. <laughs> or us in general, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, if anybody's ever heard of Dead by Daylight, you know the concept of the game is to escape the killer. Now, there's multiple killers with very interesting backstories to a point where, like, some of these backstories... I you know, I would personally love for them to make like a Netflix series or like a movie about them. That would be super sick. Yeah. So I'll let you take this away because you know a lot more about DVD than I do. Yeah. So this one, this one, uh, lore backstory is going to be on Philip Ujomo, which is uh, the Wraith. Very interesting one. And uh, I feel like a very realistic one when it's all said and done. But, you know, let's take a listen and see what you guys think of it. Philip Ujomo came to this country without anything than hope for a new beginning. He was happy as he got offered a job at Auto Table Records. It was a small scrapyard where bribe cops turned a blind eye for the somewhat shady business that took place. Ujomo didn't care. He had seen criminal activity up close in his homeland, and as long as he didn't get involved, he let things be. He just fixed cars and handled the crusher, something he did well. A car went in and a small metallic cube came out. It was not until one gloomy day that he, just by accident, saw some blood coming from one of the uncrushed cars. As he opened the trunk, he found a young man, gagged, with his hands tied and his eyes filled with panic. Ojomo freed the man, who managed to run ten feet before Ojomo's boss stopped him and slit his throat. As Ojomo demanded answers, he got explained to him that he had been nothing more than a simple executioner, as more or less every car had a soul in them as if this was a service the scrapyard provided to certain clients. Ojomo snapped and went ballistic. He threw his boss in a crusher and let it slowly compress. Ojomo left and he was never seen again. So, it's crazy. That snare. You hear that snare in the back? (laughs) Now the wraith is awkwardly shaped and of course we'll be posting pictures on YouTube so take, you know, watch out for the YouTube videos too. Now, he is like this oddly tall, skinny, chicken-like-looking individual. Can I interrupt for a second? Um, yeah. I did find out he's a... Well, the background on him is he's Nigerian. And Nigerian people are tend to be, you know, on the thinner side. Well, so I think that's what gives him his thin frame. Well, way to make <laughs> me look like a dummy. <laughs> no, no, but like the, the way his character is portrayed, yeah, yeah. he's very, you know, very... Uh, thin legs he's tall broad shoulders and he has just like the weirdest mask and just a roar around him as a character in in a video game and And his growl his growl yeah and i don't know i you know for for a second i thought he would have done something different but he just snaps and just goes the opposite way after he finds the blood in the the, the compactor well i think because of what the how the story is like he just wanted a job that's all he wanted and then to think he was killing people not intentionally well he probably didn't want to do it at all but mm-hmm. to do it like that and then for his boss to be like you know this guy can't leave 
don't yeah. know. That that I, sent anyone crazy. I feel yeah, I feel like dealing with death like that too, you know, any sane person would would probably snap as well, but I mean if someone's motive is just to work and you know, they don't really care what what's going on. I feel like it's easier for them to fall under that influence. So. Yeah. Merciless killer, I guess you would call it. Well, that's the uh, the one thing. Uh, one other thing I don't want to bring up. The story does say he didn't care as long as he wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he felt he was involved, he's like, "Nah, man, shit's not gonna fly with me." <laughs> you know that type of thing. Yeah. Uh, but interesting. I mean, and this is from a video game, so kudos yeah. to Dead by Daylight writers for cool backstory yeah you want to bring up the next one yeah so the next one is also a dead by daylight uh killer this one's a sally smithson she's uh known as the nurse on the game and uh she has a very interesting power as well she can teleport yeah (laughs) did we mention the wraith's power in the last yeah to go back on the wraith a little bit uh he can cloak himself so he can become invisible but you can that's why we mentioned the growl because you can hear him growling around mm-hmm. and uh, the terrifying. nurse the nurse uh, can teleport but you know takes fatigue with it as well but let's listen to her story and see what you guys think of it as well Sally Smithson came to the town with dreams of children's feet and laughter in a wooden home built by her husband Andrew but life came not with smiles but with plans of destruction Andrew worked as a lumberjack a job with its perils one day Andrew's foreman had to pay Sally a visit forever changing her life while she was alone. Without food on the table and no other option, Sally had to find a way, but the only employment she could get was at the Protus Prend Asylum. Nobody sought employment there unless there was a dire need. Just like Sally, without any education, she started at the bottom, doing the hard night shift. Over the years, her mind had reached its limits, two decades of seeing horrid things that violate the eyes. Memories that are replayed every night, being abused verbally and physically by people without limits. Sally saw insanity from the outside just to catch it herself. Finally, she could not take it anymore, and concepts of purification emerged inside her. She did what she felt was necessary. As the morning staff arrived one day in September, They found over 50 dead patients, lifeless, in their bed along with four staff members, also dead. Only Sally had survived the night, but her mind was gone, rocking back and forth nonstop. Exactly what happened is only known by her, but it seems that some of them had been choked as if they had marks around their necks. They got her into an ambulance, but the ambulance never reached its destination. It was found crashing in the nearby woods. All the staff dead, and Sally nowhere to be found. So, the nurse started choking yeah. people out. <laughs> yeah, and real quick to, to kind of clarify, uh, her, you know, Andrew, her he dead. He dead dead. You know, yeah. and that's why she had to, to go work at this asylum, you know, so she could make ends meet. And, you know, it it's kind of like a a very... Relatable, yeah, yeah it's a relatable situation because you know a lot of people, especially with COVID going on, like you know a loved one could pass away, and now your family or yourself have to find a way to make ends meet, and especially with being locked up, the way that we are, like right now, 
and I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say that in like a like a weird way. Just um, quarantined. Just quarantined. I could definitely see something like this happening. I mean, of course, not teleporting, but I mean, I could I could see people. No, besides the power, I, I'm talking about the lore. Like this is something that could happen to anyone. Just I don't. I'm pretty sure anyone can, if you're not sane enough, can go crazy or just snap in an asylum. Because I do have friends that worked in an asylum. It's just I can't even imagine myself working there, not you know, falling into whatever people are doing. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I'm grateful I don't have to deal with asylum status. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, sometimes when certain people do go in, like, it is a little, like, sketchy. Or scary. Because, you, yeah, you don't know what they're capable of doing. Yeah. And a lot, you know, sometimes people are on, you know, drugs. And, and I'm not saying, like, weed or I'm talking about, like, the hardcore stuff that may, like, alter your mental state. And that's what's scary because some of these guys can punch straight, you know, holes you know, two two feet wide in, into a concrete, or not concrete, but, you know, like a wall at work. And, you know, I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Um, I did want to clarify. I mean, she was looking at this for two decades. Mm-hmm. So she was, just, she was just trying to feed her kids for, like, two decades, and then she just snapped. That's, uh... Unfortunate. That's wild. Man. <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I told you I'm gonna get you a shirt and you're gonna wear it. <laughs> you're gonna wear it. <laughs> we can be twinsies. <laughs> what about little Tommy? Tommy and his friend. Tommy and his his bus driving friend and <laughs> it's just such a weird it's it's a neat like it's such a short little story. It's a little creepy pasta, right? Yeah. Uh a lot of these stories you can find them if you look them up. The Dead by Daylight Lores are on the websites. And Tommy was just a nice little one, and not not nice as like pleasant. Just it was short, short, yeah, and it got the job done. You're like, ooh, that's kind of spooky, you know. We're in Halloween. It's it's Halloween, baby. <laughs> Everything, anything goes. <laughs> Halloween, baby. Let's go and take a listen. I sat on the bus on my way to school, listening to music and paying little to no attention to the other students. At one of the stops, my mind snapped back to reality. I looked towards the small house. It was Tommy's house, I thought. A hand slipped between the drapes of the window and waved the bus driver to move on. He's sick, I thought to myself, paying no attention to the situation. The day flew by. I watched the local news after school and what I heard paralyzed me. Tommy's entire family was murdered that day by an unknown suspect. After hearing this news, I moved back up to my room and quietly fell asleep. The next day, I sat on the bus. We drove past Tommy's house and the bus driver, unaware of Tommy's family's fate, stopped at his home. As I was about to get up and explain to her what had happened, something caught my eye. A pale hand slipped through the drapes of the window and waved the bus driver to move on. I sat on the bus, terrified. Tommy. Tommy might. So what? You think Tommy's dead? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it did say someone murdered his family. So what's going on in that house then? <laughs> all right, let me walk you what happened. All, all right, right, all right. I want to hear this. All right, so. <laughs> all right, play by play. Tommy was chilling. Unfortunately, his family got wrecked. <laughs> and Tommy wasn't able to get, like, it was just so abrupt. His spirit is now residing in 
in a pale we'll white hand. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 make Tommy like in a mansion. Yeah, because it doesn't really state what type of house, huh? No, it doesn't. But I'm assuming. Well, in like my it's mind, like, like, it's like I I picture like a little like townhouse, like a very yeah. Tiny no, no. What I I imagined the completely different thing, like Alabama type thing, like oh, you know, like country type thing. You like they came I'm up. I'm so sorry if any Alabamians listen to this. <laughs> No, no man, I'm talking, I'm talking about, you know, like a bus. It made me think of like a Forrest Gump, you know, how it would go to houses like that. Mm -hmm. I instantly, I thought of that. And I just like it, imagine like a hand just like motioning it to go. It, I don't know. That's where know, my mind went. Imagine the traumatic. <laughs> For the boy. The, like, yeah, the kid who saw like that, like, you know, obviously you heard that Tommy, who I don't think he, they were friends. They were just like kind of acquaintances. Mm hmm. And he knows his family died, and he sees, like, this white hand, like... You know what it makes me think of? That scene from Toy Story? Oh. When Woody's... Yeah, when Woody's, like... Hi. Oh, guys, I'm right here. Me and Woody are doing fine. Like, that's what it makes me think of. Who knows? Maybe it's, like... I'm not even going to go that far out there, because it was about to be real real, real, real vicious. Let's not think like that. Now, the next one... This is a wild one. This is... Um, English is my first language, but man, if you guys would have listened to me re-record, <laughs> ah, uh, Cottonmouth is just, it loves to grasp onto me. So this one's called The Emotionless Woman. A little eerie. I liked it. And I could picture the whole thing like happening, like the way it would go down. So let's take a listen. In June 1972, a woman appeared in Cedar sinai Hospital in nothing but white, blood-covered gown. Now this, in itself, should not be too surprising as people often have accidents nearby and come to the nearest hospital for medical attention. But there are two things that cause people who saw her to vomit and flee in terror. The first, being that she wasn't exactly human. She resembled something close to a mannequin, but had the dexterity and fluidity of a normal human being. Her face was as flawless as mannequins, devoid of eyebrows, and smeared in makeup. There was a kitten clamped in her jaw so unnaturally tight that no teeth could be seen, and blood was squirting all over her and on the floor. She then pulled it out of her mouth, tossed it aside, and collapsed. From the moment that she stepped through the entrance to when she was taken to the hospital room and cleaned up before being prepared for sedation, she was completely calm, expressionless, and motionless. The doctors thought it was best to restrain her until the authorities could arrive, and she did not protest. They were unable to get any kind of response from her, and most staff members felt too uncomfortable to look her directly in her eyes. The second the staff tried to sedate her, she fell back with extreme force. Two members of the staff had to hold her down as her body rose up on the bed with the same blank expression. She turned her emotionless eyes towards the male doctor and did something unusual. She smiled. As she did, the female doctor screamed to let go of her out of shock. In the woman's mouth were not human teeth, but long, sharp spikes, too long for her mouth to close without f causing any damage. The male doctor stared back at her for a moment before asking, What in the hell are you? She cracked her neck down to her shoulder to observe him, still smiling. There was a long pause. The security had been alerted and could be heard coming down the hallway. As he heard them approach, she darted forward, sneaking her teeth into the front of his throat, ripping out his jugular and letting him fall to the floor, grasping for air as he choked on his own blood. 
She stood up and leaned over him, her face coming dangerously close to his as the life faded from his eyes. She leaned closer and whispered, I am God. The doctor's eyes filled with fear as he watched her walk calmly to the security men. His last sight would be watching her feast on them one by one. The female doctor who survived the incident named her the Expressionless. There was never sighting of her again. You know what's wild about this one? What's up, man? So, Cedar sinai that's a hosp- that's a real hospital in LA, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's extremely large. And I know I, maybe Sid's been there. I'm not too, you know, 100% sure. But they have, like, actual, like, separate uh, hospitals. Like, there's just, it's such a big hospital. And the even scarier part, you know, for me is that does happen in real life, IRL, you know? They, you go to sedate a patient and out of nowhere, they just develop like this inhuman strength and it takes tons of people to hold the patient down to, you know, to, uh, it's just to help these individuals too. We're not trying to hurt them, but stuff like this does happen. Of course, not to the extent that we get your jugular bitten out. Yeah. But I mean, uh, there's been people who've been bit, scratched. So it's a, it's also kind of like one of those stories where it's kind of hits close to home. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same words. Yeah. This, uh, this one hits you more because you probably do this on a regular basis. And, you know, you wouldn't expect to see a story like this. And, like, you know, like, man, what if, what, if, what if that actually happened, like, to me, like, one day, you know? I don't know. I like... But, like, not, you know, as, you know, as gory yeah. as this one. Gory. Yeah, I mean, to have, like, I kind of understand that, too. And I think a lot of people would, like, when you see someone just that angry. Yeah, yeah. Like just, and the chilling part too is like when it said that the cat you couldn't see her teeth sunken into the cap because that's, that's how like deep how she tight. was. Yeah, yeah. It's like you have to be angry, poor kitty. No kitties were harmed <laughs> in the, in this episode, but except for that story, and humans, <laughs> <laughs> humans, <laughs> not real humans, hopefully. So, do you have any any personal stories you wanna you wanna share? I have a few, not too much. Um... I do have one, and I did get a uh, clearance from the mother. <laughs> this is something that happened to my mom uh, when we used to live uh, in, I think, like probably like our second home. Um, so, <clears throat> story goes, uh, my mom, you know, you guys probably know this by now that I've mentioned it, she's a very light sleeper. And uh, in this house that we lived in, her room was literally facing the road. We literally had like a small yard and we had like a fence enclosure with like a little gate that we could go out to the street. And one night she just couldn't sleep because she heard like this massive yell from the front of the house, like right in front of the street. And um, she says like she believes she saw the demon in, in flesh pretty much chewing on this cat. And what she heard was the cat yelling. So she says she saw the demon bit into the cat and she got so petrified she stood there, grabbed the rosary and jumped back in the bed and couldn't believe that none of us woke up. Not my dad, who was sleeping next to her, not me or my brother, who were literally like probably 10 feet away. So she just held the rosary and like prayed until like she felt safe pretty much. How terrifying must that be in right? years? You, you you yeah you hear people that 
they get into like this realm where no one can hear them and they're stuck dealing with that situation and it's just you pretty much it's just you I mean, what do you what do you do i can't even imagine how that she must have felt because mm-hmm. i i've never been in a position where i've been like terrified to not be able to move mm-hmm. but i don't yeah <laughs> I, I i you know like not to, i can't feel I haven't ever been in a situation where I physically see something in front of me mm-hmm. and been completely frozen. But at night, I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but sometimes at night, objects in the room play tricks with oh, my yeah. eyes. And the probably one of the most scariest ones. Um, now, my door has a coat hanger, and I have some of my coats that I use the most on there. And clearly, bed's right here. Door's right over here. And in the middle of the night, I woke up trying to wake up but i saw a girl who was covered in mud hair just completely like over her face kind of like uh what was that movie the grudge how Uh, she has the hair like all up in her eyes and her face the ring the ring yes the ring and so what made this even more scary is i knew what was going on because i could hear it too Mm -hmm. and so i look over to the door and so she's hanging with a noose oh. around her neck, no arms, no legs, just covered in mud, hair is dirty in her face. Um, and I, I could hear like the noose just like, or, you know how rope kind of like makes noises when it's swinging? Yeah. Or like creaking like, pretty I, much? Yeah, cr- like pretty much like creaking. And that was the only time I've actually like ever been close to being startled. But like for me, I have to like, I'm so glad I'm able to like to focus in and remind myself like it's just coats because if I didn't have that I think I would have like completely shit my pants. <laughs> that was, it was scary, but like it's so weird how your brain is just that powerful. I do have a little short story going off of uh, clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, one night I stayed up really late with one of my friends and she had just sent me um a video of uh of La Llorona sightings that they thought was going on in Mexico. And this was, like, at, like, 4 in the morning, so it's, like, pitch blackout. And I'm literally just on my phone, you know, right in my face. And, um, you know, it's just a bunch of, like, shrill yells. And I'm like, this could be real. Because my mind's always like, man, this could be real type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because she asked me, she's like, could you see something and probably not get scared? I'm like, I don't, like, watch. Like, if I'll watch, like, paranormal stuff, I'll do it in the day. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll watch anything in the day. But at night. That's when I'll get like more terrified of it. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. I'll I'll listen or I'll watch whatever it was, and I didn't know what it was. And after I watched, I like put my phone down, and I had I think I had this chair, like right over here, right in front of my closet, and it had clothes on it. And I swear it, it was like shaped like a woman, and you know, like hers is just like a dress over. Her. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like. I like put my phone down. I'm like, nope. So I just literally have my phone in front of my face for like the rest of the night until light comes up. And I'm texting my Aww. friend. I'm like, dude, she's in here with me. Like, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, no, no, I no, she's in here with me. I shouldn't have watched that until like I finally get the courage to like turn on my flashlight and it's just closed. I'm like, oh my God. Like just that feeling of like, it could be there type of thing. It could be. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the conjuring with my family. We're still doing like the Halloween movie nights mm-hmm. and uh, my mom, she wanted to watch the conjuring. I don't know why. <laughs> after woman after we talked about it. Yeah, after, you know, we don't, she's not someone who wants to, like, 
she she likes watching movies, <laughs> but that type of genre she's not really into, because uh, she she doesn't really like watch a lot of the movies that we've already watched. But she's like, I want to watch The Conjuring, so I was like, cool, I'm down. But I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but I felt a tad bit more scared. And anybody who has like a smart watch, I have uh, an Apple Watch. I was watching my heart rate go from <laughs> 60 to 80 to 90 and then drop like during certain scenes. So I was like, is this something that usually happens to me? I just don't notice. Or is it because I'm getting older? And, you know, with the thought of death, your mind kind of changes, especially in the time that we're in like, okay. And I don't want to get too into it, but like your beliefs are kind of, you know, being brought up in your mind. And so that night I had trouble sleeping a little, just, just a little bit. I had trouble sleeping. <laughs> not, not, it doesn't happen often, but with that one, it does. Um, do you want to talk about another personal one? Uh, yeah, I actually have one more. Okay. Uh, it is my cousin's. I didn't get clearance, but I, I won't mention her name. Um, but Okay. So we've mentioned about, you know, Ghosts of Mexico, like, you know, we've mentioned that it's a, it feels like there's a lot of paranormal activity in Mexico and especially like in villages for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, so my side of that family lives in a very small village type of thing. And, uh, these houses are literally like one room right next to the other. It's like room, 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 and then probably like a bathroom at the end of the hall. So my cousin, um, she had to sleep in the far one and, um, the bathroom was in the front. So she had to like, you know, walk in front of these two, uh, two bedrooms and she had to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Um, but they had mentioned to her to not go in the middle room cause someone else was coming in late in the middle of the night to sleep. I guess they were working late. So, okay. She was like, she took her own room and she had to go to the bathroom. And as she's walking by, she swears in her peripheral, she sees someone just sitting there. Not a person, something like transparent. And she doesn't pay much mind to it because she doesn't want to look at it straight in the face. Just walks past. And she swears she stayed in the bathroom for a good two hours because of how terrified she was of what was in there. And I guess she's she's like, you you know what? If it's there, it's there. I have to go back and go to sleep. I don't want to be here all night. And so she's walking back. And when she reaches that second room, she just darts to her room and pulls the covers over her head. You know. And I guess she probably heard footsteps after that and just literally just lost it. Like, just yelled. And, like, woke up the entire house and they all came and and it wasn't there anymore. Yeah, man. Like, that that stuff's creepy. Yeah. Uh, Especially when you don't know if it's your mind or if it's something that's actually out there. Uh, kind of similar story that my sister wanted to share. Mm-hmm. Um, she, <clears throat> this is when we were younger, and we would visit my aunt's house in Modesto. Yeah. And that house, man, you don't want to go there because you could feel like there's something off. I mean, you would go to the restroom, and you had, like, this weird, like, bunny doll, bunny statue. That was just so, like, eerie. Like even now today, me and my sister talk about it. And we're like that doll, that statue was. That was probably what was like bringing in all the bad vibes. Um, but one time my family went there. My sister wasn't feeling good, so she was laying down on the the couch, and she swore. So I'm gonna call this person Z. She saw Z. 
and she looks and she told me Z looks like she's sitting there and she's mean mugging me and she's eating candy mm-hmm. and when she told me that I was like what like I never knew that I'm not there at the time Z isn't there it's just my family all swimming outside she's laying on the couch now moments later my sister and my cousin kind of swap I believe where something happened and my sister says oh Mike and Z are here and my mom's like no they're not they're not here and my sister was so certain that we were there and I guess my cousin says that she saw my sister on the couch eating candy mean mugging her and in the same spot where Z was so I believe it might have happened on the same night from what my mom told me was they had like a girls kind of like a girls night out mm-hmm. with uh, the family and she said that my mom and my aunt were sleeping together on the mattress in the, the living room and you know they my mom she's not like a scaredy cat but like being there makes her uneasy and I believe it makes my grandma and my aunt very uneasy so my aunt said that she felt like a cat jump on her chest oh. but no one was there there there's no cat there my aunt my other aunt did have a cat but she had passed away maybe quite some time ago before that had happened there was no cat my mom felt my aunt twitch and she turns around like what's gone what's wrong and my aunt goes nothing because she knew she told my mom <laughs> my mom she would have like, been bolted <laughs> yeah she they would keep them both up um pretty much they maybe fall asleep again and my mom said by the time they woke up that they felt uh they didn't feel but the bed sheets that they were sleeping with and was like you know how like uh room service comes into your room makes your bed makes it all nice and pretty with the display yeah kind of like that with what they were using she says she looked at the feet and the bed sheet and the blanket were just perfectly folded right in front of them with you know, she was like on top, like how it would look as if they were at a motel or something. And they asked questions and no one did that to them. And, you know, they were saying that this might have happened. So they might have seen Z, my sister, which would have been the ghost or demon or spirit sitting on the chat or spirit sitting on the couch. And then plus to have that in the same night where they just cat jumping on her chest, the bed fittings all folded neatly in front of them. I don't stay there. I'm never going to sleep there. <laughs> I don't care that. how much you want to do. No, I mean, I can't. I can't deal with that. You know, and growing up, I don't know if you've ever had this experience before, but when you're uh, sleeping like at family's house, have you ever felt like anybody's watching you while you sleep and yeah. you can't turn over? Um, it especially happens in hotels. Because, yeah, when uh, the one of the times I went to New York, um, I do remember I always get jet lagged so hard and I have a hard time sleeping as is. But I would always feel like there was something in there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's probably nothing there, but it's just probably your mind just playing tricks on you. Just like the feeling. Yeah. And then I was the only one up, so I'm like, man, either I got to go to sleep or this thing's going to, you know, <laughs> come get me. Come and get you. <laughs> come and eat you up. <laughs> Speaking of eating people up and hurting you, have you heard of Dark Watchers or Skinwalkers? Um... The only one that sounds familiar is Skinwalkers that you had mentioned before to me. But no, so, do you want to I'll tell go ahead and Yeah, I'll go ahead and give a brief uh, description of to both of them. And then you could tell your little 
little story how I, how I spooked you. <laughs> <laughs> so Dark Watchers and Skinwalkers have been associated with like California urban legends, but also like in Arizona uh, and parts of our, our area of the United States. Now, Dark Watchers are described as tall, giant size, containing no feature, dark silhouettes, often with brim hats or walking sticks. And they are seen in the hours of twilight and dawn, so they're pretty much like shadow human or shadow people. It reminds me of like the like Slenderman almost. Yeah, kind of. Um, but no, no but like tie. but like dark darker. <laughs> yeah, it like imagine like a dark cloud of a humanoid mm. or like a human. They're said to be motionless, silent, and featureless, watching travelers from the horizon along the Santa Lucia mountain range and even along the Bay of Monterey. So they kind of watch these areas. And according to legend, no one has seen it up close, but if they were to get close to it, they vanish. Okay, they disappear. And the original accounts of the Dark Watchers uh, date to the Chumash uh, tribe, yeah. who lived along the central coast of California and along some islands for about 13,000 years. So, like, these figures, or, you know, watchers of nature, have been around for quite a long time. No, they don't attack humans, they just literally just watch they're literally they're just watchers and i think like they're like protectors of the earth and like the 1950s 1970s i believe john steinbeck um wrote about them and mm. also another really big time author also wrote about them and people <clears throat> were kind of saying like with they didn't really know like how to believe it because um you know the chumash tribe have talked about them but then i don't know where like john steinbeck starts talking about them and people, like I said, like they're you can see them above, like on mountaintops, just kind of like watching you. And they tend to go for people who are lightly dressed, like hikers. So if you're wearing just like a like a hat, of course with your hiking gear, um, but not like overly geared hikers. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's a little interesting. Do you? Uh, I don't know if you've ever have you been hiking recently. No, but Do you think you'd ever find them? <laughs> you ever see one? I think I probably just faint on sight <laughs> be like yeah, what the even, hell is that even like old like this when the spanish sailors would come around um they they said they would see them along like the mountain ranges and mm. some people speculate it was um the native indians of the land kind of observing them but you know uh, according to like tribal history it, it was the dark watchers so i really enjoyed that one because you know, a lot of like urban legends like come out and attack you. And these guys are just like, yeah. The 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 wild part <laughs> is that you know the Bay of Monterey's not that far from here. Mm-mm. And uh, everything. Where's, where's this, uh, this mountain range? Santa Lucia. Did you research uh, that? No, I didn't. It... No, let's talk about the the Skinwalkers. Now they're associated with the Navajo tribe. The Navajo won't mention them by name. Humans, uh, pretty much what they are is like humans that can shapeshift into animals, but preferably they shapeshift into wolves and I believe coyotes or foxes. Oh, it's a coyote. Hmm. Now, some traditions believe that the skinwalkers are born of benevolent medicine men who abuse indigenous magic for evil. The medicine man is then given mythical powers of evil that vary from tradition to tradition, but the power all traditions mention is the ability to turn into or possess an animal or person now a more recent encounter that happened and it was i believe it was in the 90s uh, when a rancher was walking late at night with his dog and a wolf which appeared much larger 
than a usual wolf. It had red eyes, stood unfazed after the farmer or the rancher had taken three shots to the wolf's hide. And it, this thing was just like chilling, like, <laughs> give me some more, you know? That's it. <laughs> yeah, and so they ended up selling the ranch, and it's now known as Skinwalker Ranch, and it's a very, like, hot spot for people to come. And I believe even on Netflix, there's a whole documentary on it. I've watched a little bit of it. I haven't watched all of it, but I definitely do want to go back and, and watch more because this is interesting. I had a question for you before I let you know my story because you were there, so you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've seen a video about Skinwalker in, like, Fresno, and they reminded me a lot of the of the Dark Watchers. Like, uh, I don't know if they take the shape, but my question is, do, do they pretty much, like, they look tall and big or when they're human or... Um. No, so well, they seem like regular humans, pretty much. No, I'm not like an expert on on the topic, but from what I've been reading, like online through you know, research is some. It depends on what like who you're talking to, because I know um, can't remember the tribe name, but two tribes, and it, one involved the Navajo, I believe, had pretty much crossed uh, a couple you know a couple thousand years ago, and it was a very violent crossing. And so the urban legends kind of mix. Now, some say it's just a man with, like, kind of like werewolf-like. Hmm. Um, and I believe what you're talking about is the video with, like, the two the two figures. And it's, like, super tall legs and yeah. they don't have. Yeah. I don't know. Or could those would be Dark Watchers. I'm sorry to cut you off, but. No, I don't. I Honestly, I, I wouldn't. I'm not. Like I said, I'm not an expert. But like according to like what I've been reading, like I don't think that's a skinwalker because they they like to transform from what I've been reading to like animals, and mm. those are like something else. I don't know what those are. But the Fresno skinwatch skin skinwatches. <laughs> skin They're both in one. <laughs> yeah, it's combined. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I believe even MythBusters and like I mean maybe not MythBus MythBusters, but people have actually tried to debunk it. And they can't they can't replicate exactly how they transform that, no that figure those the fresno skinwalkers oh yeah they can't replicate that those scenes and so they're kind of like dumbfounded because what like, is the, it yeah and there's actually campsites where people report them here in fresno so we have been wanting to go camping not there please <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll do like a because of like my youtube vlog because of this next story no <laughs> Hey, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so me and Mike, uh, we love going out to this, um, to this little spot that we call the spot. Oh, the spot. <laughs> yeah, and it's literally just a hangout point where you can go literally day, night, just to hang out, you know, just get away. It's kind of like out in the countryside for us, so it literally overlooks uh, like most of the county, and it's just a spot where we like to go and chill, hang out. Eat food. Yeah, story. just, you know, have a good time. Get away from, you know, technology, or so we should say, just to be mm -hmm. out there. But the first time Mike told me to go out with him, we were just having a good time. Uh, you know, we were out there for a good, like, two hours. And then... Probably. So, literally, this this thing is literally, like, on a... We, we it's on say, a it's hill, like a cliff. It's like a hillside. Yeah, it's a hillside. And so, you literally look over... But in the middle of the night, it's pitch black. All you see is the the moon on yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't see whatever, more than like whatever it illuminates is what you can see. Yeah, so you can't see like any more than like two feet in front of you. 
and you know at one point we run out of conversation which is weird for us but we just like you know sit there and we're just enjoying you know just you know each other's company and all of a sudden we hear like we hear like rustling on the bottom yeah and mike's like oh that might be a skinwalker and i'm like what 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 the fuck is what a skinwalker the, what's a skinwalker and then we start shining our 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 flashlights from our phone down on there and i'm like all right now i kind of want to leave now and mike's like no let's go check it out there's like a little dirt path that goes down there i'm like scared out of my mind and this man's like running down this whole hill towards danger and he's like no there's nothing down here and i'm like i'm not i don't even want to go where he's at i'm like keeping a distance but then i also just want to run back to the car type of thing <laughs> and i'm like oh this man dead i'm uh i'm gonna leave him there and of course like i, I knew it was it wasn't a skinwalker uh it's probably just like an animal just running by probably or i mean but the weird part was it was just like slow like like rustling on like dry grass yeah it you know honestly it did sound like foots like animal footsteps just like creeping um but i'm glad you brought that up because do you remember that time we went with another one of our friends and yeah, yeah. And there's that tree no there was a tree this was a time before him uh there was it looks like someone like went off-roading and created like another path mm-hmm. that goes down from where we usually park and then there was like that creepy tree yeah like right the at branches, the end of it the branches were like creaking and it just sounded so eerie but i was like i was drawn to it i really wanted to go explore it <laughs> and I wanted i'm like to what was i'm like what is this man doing <laughs> and him and another friend were like no and i remember he was like michael what are you doing i was like <laughs> dude like i want to yeah, he wasn't he wasn't responding and i'm like i'm about to leave you um <laughs> yeah and it it's i don't i don't want to open myself up to like those bad energy vibes but i i think there's always something that's gonna like become overpowering sometimes and like you just feel drawn to it. i don't know why i felt drawn to it to be honest i'm not gonna like <laughs> i just felt drawn to it and i really want to go explore it so that's our little duo story. don't go don't go with him you'll get taunted by ghosts <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? well we're coming close to the end of our episode and we have a fan submission from jj now <laughs> someone actually cares about us <laughs> yeah thank you for submitting your story it's a very interesting story she actually submitted two but we went ahead and went with this one hopefully she has more stories for us and if you guys have any stories you guys like to share let us know hit us up on our handles even even if it's scary we can still tell it you know after this yeah we love scary stories we can talk about it see what we think be scared a little <laughs> be, be a little scared i would love to hear because i mean we're not only reaching Cali, we're reaching worldwide now. We're I mean, worldwide, it's not, it's not a it's not a whole lot, but like it's a start to something. And I would love to hear what urban legends come from, like Europe or Asia or that fun stuff. It'd be really cool to hear. So send it. And not to Vera. Did you want to say something real quick? Oh no, I... I just wanted to. If you wanted to listen to the story. <laughs> yeah, let's take a listen. My family and I were always moving house to house. We had moved into a brand new house with no previous owners. My grandma, whom I referred to as Nana, did a walkthrough of the house. After she pulled me aside and told me to not step inside my parents' room, I listened to her request. I believe in the rosary and I placed it underneath my pillow, and after some time I started to feel weird in the house. 
I started to have weird dreams along with nightmares. Some of these dreams consisted of me getting shot in the house and being watched. One day without paying much attention I went inside my parents room. While enjoying my time with my parents, I noticed at the corner of the room a dark cloud, almost vortex-like, was forming which started out small and only seemed to get bigger. I asked my parents if they could see what I was seeing. What came out was a demonic looking creature. I screamed uncontrollably and my parents could not calm me down. They would need the help of Nana to do so. I don't know what drew me to that room that day. After that event had happened, I started having dreams about the creature I had seen, and in the dreams it would follow me around the house. I remember looking for my rosary and I couldn't find it at all after that incident. To this day I still cannot find it and have no idea where it went. We stayed in the house for a few months before me and my family decided to move out due to the weird occurrences that were happening. Man. How, uh, how would you feel if you were talking to your mom and dad and a demon came out? It or... did It did remind me so much of my mom's story with the yeah. rosary and like the demon. The demon. Like... And, you know, stories like this are, or ex personal experiences, like, they're pretty common amongst uh, a lot of people that we know. Um, this isn't the first person, and, you know, clearly your mom's story too. Her, her experience, I don't want to call them stories because that makes it seem like yeah. they're legit. Like, no, they're experiences for you guys. And it's just so uh, scary that people have to go through this. And my mom's always said, like, people are sensitive to different, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like energies. They can yeah. feel things, they could see things, they're more in tune with certain situations, and I don't know, like... I don't want to bring religion into it, but I feel like it, it does come uh, down to some... It might be a little bit of religion as well, to mm -hmm. what spirits you're drawn to. And not only that, but like, to, you know, JJ was experiencing dreams where she got shot. She was getting shot. I mean, how do you how do you cope with that? Yeah, like how, how do you deal with that? How do you wake up and be like, all right, let me go to work, but <laughs> yeah. I got shot in my dream. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. You guys got shot in my dream and, <laughs> and being followed in the house. I think, you know, we were talking about dreams earlier. How we hated going to work, going to sleep, dreaming, dreaming about being at work, and then having to wake up to go to work again. So imagine it's like you were trapped, feeling uncomfortable in your house already, dreaming that you got shot or this creature was following you, and then waking up and you're in like sense of a dream so i'm glad that she's able to wake herself up into reality and see like okay not 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 wake herself up into reality because i don't want to say it's like i don't want to come off it's it's fake but she's not dreaming yeah now that she's awake it's kind of what i'm trying to say so no no it's a very true very <laughs> traumatic experience oh she's doing well <laughs> yeah me too well she says she has lots of stories for us Bring so, them on. I would. This was a very interesting one to, to hear. Yeah, I I liked it. The whole story was this. Or sorry, experience. I keep saying story. Well, I I feel like you say story because it feels it doesn't almost feel real type of like. Mm -hmm. That's how. That's what, that's what's powerful great about, it was. Like, yeah, uh, ex when you turn your experience into, you know, storytelling, it's it's powerful. Like it makes it more real. Yeah. And who knows how many people can relate to her situation or your mom's situation or even our situation where we go through like these unnatural weird phases in our lives. But that's about it. Do you have any anything else you want to add? No, no, no. 
you know happy halloween yeah happy halloween everybody this episode was a lot of fun to plan <laughs> we we started planning what sunday monday yeah we had a lot of ideas and when we, finally got said and done it was it <laughs> yeah was we fun. were ready it's it's yeah it's been a lot of fun so hopefully this comes out saturday happy halloween stay safe no trick-or-treating this year uh, yeah we didn't even get to talk about that and then we'll talk about that on the next we'll see how it goes we'll talk about future. what happens after yeah, I mean, we're kind of like time travelers from the last episode. We're, we're going into the future, and then we're going to go back into the future. Or back to the back to the past. Oh, man. Let's not get on that tangent again. All right, guys. Stay safe. Don't get in trouble. Check your candy if you go trick-or-treating. Practice, practice safetiness. <laughs> yeah, that's what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm ready for that outro again. I can't see. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Shout out to Sid. Bye. <laughs>